Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah. He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tons of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You mean forced? Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Well, Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Hi everyone, I'm here today with Cherie Sheldon, as well as Baby Sage and Baby Callie for the much belated, uh, the first six weeks of you know, having a newborn baby. It's a follow-on podcast from one that we did a little while ago. The babies are now nine months, so we have stretched our memories back <laughs> to nine months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to go over the first six way. weeks and everything that kind of happened um, yeah. and what to expect in the first six weeks as well, as promised. So uh, better late than never. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, no worries. Good to be here. Yeah, do another cast. Um, so, you know, we're briefly talking before we started about the first six weeks and and um, what happened for us. And the first thing you said was mastitis. Mm, I all, almost got mastitis. I was very, very close. Yeah, and this is a really common problem for lots of new mums because when your milk does first come in, it's really um, it's new. There's some people get like a hormonal milk rash and heat and fever with not coming in as well, and all that milk all at once can cause an infection. Yeah, unfortunately, if there's blockages, yeah. Will you um, let us know what happened for you? Okay. Like what, what? So, um, Sage, when she was three days old, got picked up that she had PKH. Um, so development dysplasia of the hips and had to go into a pavlic harness so she sort of looked like she was ready for rock climbing <laughs> and um i kind of like a frog yeah pretty, yeah she had to have little yeah. frog frog legs splayed out and i 
struggled to find positions to hold her when I was breastfeeding that were comfortable for both of us. Um, so there was maybe, I don't know, I struggled for a couple of days and she would get frustrated, I would get frustrated or just so exhausted from holding her in certain positions. Um, and I called a lactation consultant and she said, yep, I'll be with you at 2 o'clock um, tomorrow afternoon. Awesome, great. So that day I felt myself not be myself. I was really, really spacey, really out of it. And then I started getting really, really hot. And um, it was maybe about an hour before she was due to come that I was like, I'm just going to Google the symptoms of mastitis because even though I didn't have a red lump on my boob at that stage, I just intuitively felt something wasn't right Mm -hmm. and the milk wasn't coming out because we weren't feeding very effectively. And um, I was like, yep, I think I've got it. She came at two. She spent hours with me that day, this beautiful woman. Best thing that you ever did was get her to help. Sorry, I'm trying to feed Sage at the same time and she's um, just making a mess. (laughs) Six months and beyond trying to feed and work. (laughs) There you go. So um, she said to me, yes, um, if we don't clear your boobs now, um, you're going to have to go to hospital and um, get antibiotics. And I was like, okay. So that afternoon was just spent with massaging the boob, clearing clearing it out, and then her teaching me how to, to feed Sage effectively with her, her brace with yeah. the froggy legs. So we did like a, a yeah. laid-back, upright type of um, feeding. It sounds weird, but I sort of had to have Sage sitting upright and I would start laying back and then sit upright. She'd be straddled over my legs and that's how we fed and it was so good, so effective and um avoided mastitis yeah and the other thing was getting the probiotics that were very specific to mastitis as well and getting those into me um and i found that there's like there's two brands there's one that all the lactation consultants recommend which is called like chiaro or something yeah, I've had Q. Clients on it, yeah i found that uh, it was hard to find and expensive, expensive yeah. and the bioceuticals pregnancy one has the same strain in it yep and same amount. I think it's even in higher amounts. Yeah. Better value for money. Yeah. So I was like, right, let's get into that. And I think I had that three times a day, mm. and it was it was all, all gone, all yeah, clear. Good. And I think maybe it was about three weeks later, and I was getting a little bit more relaxed about things, and it almost happened again. I just it's like one moment I was good and then the next minute I was not in myself anymore feeling really feverish and weird okay if you can catch it in that initial phase you can avoid having a full-blown infection yeah like you said having on those antibiotics yeah I think it's knowing the difference between yep I'm tired I've been around the clock feeding and um and just that overall like zombie tiredness to this whole body tiredness of something's not right yeah and and that was a difference I guess one of the other things that we said was that in those first six weeks you are for me it was the hardest and tightest 
time of my life. It's I've never experienced anything like around the clock feeding, mm. having a new baby, the stress and the worry that that comes with that. Because yeah. um, you've never done it before. No. And um, and no matter how many times someone can say that to you, like I don't I don't know how many times I told you when you were pregnant, yeah. like be prepared. Yep. This is shit. It's shocking. <laughs> like. And you were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You just yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then you like, get there and you're like, oh. well, it's like labor. It doesn't matter how many people you talk to about labor. Until you've gone through it, you cannot fathom the, you know, intensity of that. Did you find breastfeeding harder than labor? It's interesting, I guess, because there's so much pain associated with my labor. And there wasn't necessarily pain with my breastfeeding, but there was um, – Lots of confusion, lots of uncertainty, and it, it was a longer period of time. You know? Yeah, so I think that's the thing. Difficult. It takes so long to establish. It's not just, oh, at day three your milk will come in, they'll latch, you'll get it right. Yeah. It's, it's a while. And see, we were back in hospital day two because they thought I had a, a PE, which is a pulmonary embolism, really common post-birth to have a um, possible blood clot in your lung. And um, because of that, my, I guess I didn't get the support from my midwives that I would have if I had been at home. I had to go back in hospital. I was stuck in ED for eight hours mm-hmm. in a isolated room because we had this newborn, and we. You might not have got the support anyway. So possibly. I was in hospital, private, for a week after Sage was born, yeah. and it just had coincided with the lactation consultant's holiday. Oh, yeah. So we had no lactation yeah. consultant come around for us. And I never thought about needing one. I never thought that I would – I never, you know, even contemplated the thought that I would need assistance, you know, or um, that there was assistance even. Like I had no idea that a lactation consultant even, yeah, was a thing. Yeah. But when my milk came in and we were in ED, I had no idea what was happening I was, you know, I was sweating. I was hot. Callie wasn't hungry. She was only two days old. She had had a feed early on of, you know, very basic, you know, colostrum. And I had no idea. Like she she had a hormonal uh, rash coming on. Yeah. And I had this milk coming in and we we were both so hot that we could barely touch each other. And I thought that we were getting sick Mm. and had a fever and nobody was there to kind of be like, Hey, for some people, this is really normal. Like when your milk comes in, um, that this happens. And and you know, finally got up on the ward, and the midwives on the ward couldn't believe how bad my boobs were, and put me straight onto a pump and massaging, and that took hours to to fix. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> there goes our page of paper for the podcast. Thanks, Kelly. Kelly's eating it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess all that all that stress, you know. I think all that worry. Your whole being in that first six weeks just goes into how do I support this little life now? Like, yeah. it, and it's all about the feeding, the breastfeeding. The okay, is that poo normal? Is this okay? She hasn't pooed for a week. Yeah, yeah. Is that normal? Is this? It's, it's all just questioning all the time. Is this normal? And most of the time, the answer is yes. Yeah. So, and normal is so varied. Yeah, the, ver- the new bubbles, the variation, you know, like, especially with the poo. Like, yeah. and Kelly you, had a period as well. Yeah, which wow, is common yeah. with baby girls. They can have, they can clear your excess, your estrogen through having a little bleed. And so her, you know, maybe her fourth nappy that I changed, we still had all those beautiful pathways. 
but then we had a, a period as well and I, you know, immediately thought she was dying yeah. as you do when you yeah. have a, a yeah. little newborn baby. Little Everything is like, oh, my God, done the terrible thing. She's, you know, yeah. the, the worst thing is happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just got baby food halfway across the room then. Sorry. It's, it's a baby food kind of room. <laughs> The other thing that um, I guess, yeah, with the with the poos, um, so the normal, which was really just strange, a, a breastfed baby can poo up to from five times a day to once every ten days, and that's considered normal. Yep. So you're at mother's group, but you're talking you're talking to you know other people, and they're like oh, yeah, my baby's just done the fourth poo for the day. And you're like, oh, hang on, my baby hasn't done a poo for five days. What's going on? Yeah. It's totally normal for both of you. It's just yeah. weird. So weird. And that changes all the time. Yeah. Like you, you know, you think you've got the whole, like, right, we poo every two or three days now sorted, and then all of a sudden, you know, we, poo doesn't come for nine days, and you think, you know, the worst thing is happening. When I, I remember um, – it was within the first six weeks. The um, Sage hadn't gone for a quite a while, and that was her normal at that stage. So it wasn't really concerned, but I was bracing myself for the punami. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to leave the house. I knew it was going to be that bad. Yeah, my my, my our sleep was messed up. I was a zombie. <laughs> I had to go out yeah. and, and um, get something at the shops. And when I picked her up out of the car, she had done the poo in the car and it was everywhere, <laughs> all up her back, all down, like so seriously everywhere. And where I'd parked, um, I'd parked just right outside a chemist. There was no public toilets. There was nowhere to feed, uh, to change her. And I walked in sort of holding her like, Ew. What can I do? And God bless them, they helped me clear a little table <laughs> off. Bought me a packet, a packet of wipes out because I used every single wipe that I had in our bag. What's the better? The babies are now talking to each other. Sage can see Kelly with a boob next to her head. Oh, you are obviously just. <laughs> yeah, how's that? Oh. Do you want this? <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare, and I was oh, I was so close to tears, and I was just like, it's just a poo. It's just, yeah. oh, it's you are so tired and so overwhelmed. We talked about you know just in our last podcast, even having our nuts and our water there. Yeah. Sometimes if my water bottle ran out and it was you know one, two, three a.m., I just sit there and cry. Yeah. I think I'm, I don't want to wait to get me water. If I call out, you know, I wake the baby up. And you know, he's exhausted too. I don't want to wake him up. Yeah. Man, am I thirsty? I, you know, like, <laughs> I just want some water. Yeah. Yeah. They won't be able to hear what we're saying. The whole, I guess, um, when it comes to food and water, it's, you know, no matter how much, like, I prepped for that first six weeks because yeah. I'd been there before. I'd been there with Bailey. I, I was aware of how difficult it was and how much food you require to make milk. Um, I'd also done, I guess, courses and um, read, read lots about postpartum support. Yeah. Um, so had made myself a freezer load worth of food 
and I mean, you had the great idea of everybody getting you, like making you some homemade food yeah. for your baby shower, yeah. which was so cool. Yeah, that's what I was like. Don't, don't bring me bibs. Don't bring me anything to do with the baby. We've got wraps. We've got everything wraps. we need. Yeah. Bring. I need food. Yeah. Food. 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 So I thought we were pretty well covered, and it got to the stage where no, I had run out of all of the prep or everybody that had committed to give me food had given it to me and I was still too tired to mm. um, cook meals for the family every day. Yeah. I was getting better but, yeah, there was times I was just like, I can't do it. So I put the call out again and just said, I need help. I've nearly had mastitis twice this in the, in the last week. I'm exhausted, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, had friends come over with more food for us, that which – the friends that did really surprised me and it was so touching and just beautiful. Yeah. Um, made me feel so special. But they also said, we really appreciate how you just asked yeah. for that. Like just asked you, for help. Yeah. You, you needed help. You asked for it. Yeah. And that's what we need to get our head around as just, I guess, women in general, but especially as a new mum, it's okay not to do everything. Like we can't right. do everything. And that's what our whole like – village system and support system yeah. is like we just and you know what there'll be women out there who absolutely and like we we i think we definitely could do everything but we don't have to yeah and we shouldn't have to we don't have to and i mean by asking for help you allow other people to show that they care when they might not know yeah. how to show it otherwise totally and I mean, we do have great support groups and as women we tend to form really strong relationships with each other. So it's beautiful to have be able to support each other. Oh, oh talk about Punami. <laughs> Sage. So I guess the first six weeks our biggest messages are get help if you need it. Yeah. Because even with breastfeeding we both probably needed that assistance. Yep. And that help with the food, with the water. I've done a I've done a blog on breastfeeding as a new job. You know, going in, meeting all the new people, working out where you're meant to sit, like, <laughs> um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, we had to buy a new chair because the other one, yeah, you had to get our lounge throne. chair could not. Breastfeeding frame. I've got really short legs and you need to have your legs supported and I just could not physically feed on our lounge. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just little stuff. And you talk to women, um, you know, who are going through similar stuff and they say, try this, try this, try this, but sometimes you do just need a professional to assist and that's where that lactation consultant comes in um you know the other thing that i've had my clients find really helpful is uh our natal packs which yeah. have been great so they have that breastfeeding support in there because the other issue people may have uh, aside from mastitis and having too much milk and that flow being a problem is the lack of milk yeah so All there's the, loads of herbs the quality of milk we the talked about that milk. before about yeah. how sometimes when you pump it's really watery and sometimes it's really creamy and what's the difference and yeah. and like I believe it's the, your nutrition is the difference mm-hmm. between that and you know that uh, getting to the back the back milk so that they are getting all that beautiful fat mm. rather than you know they re- recommend a 20 minute feed on each breast which is surprising for some women because that's a long time to spend on one boob yeah and there is the temptation if Baba I guess gets wriggly to swap boobs because they like for some reason they like a new nipple yeah um, but making sure that you're getting all that milk is really important. It's okay. So first six weeks, hardest time of my life. If you had to put it in one sentence, what would it be for you? Oh, hectic. <laughs> hectic. Yeah. Oh, exhausting. 
amazing. Yeah. That's more than one word. Yeah. 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 So rewarding, but so hard. And um, I've never been so unsure of myself in my life either. Mm. So just being such a new thing. If you have any questions, let us know. You know, you know the email. You know the website. We'll get back to these bubbers <laughs> and do apologise for all the background noise in this podcast. Um, but first six weeks, and we'll do the first six months in the next few weeks as well. We won't leave it nine months in between podcasts this time. <laughs> Thanks for listening in. I hope you got something out of it. Bye. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. For those of you on your own health journey, you know that a lot of times it's two steps forward, one step back, and you think you're doing well, and then something else pops up. It's like um, always, you're always learning. It's just a, it's not something that just happens overnight and suddenly you're well. If I actually had been so wrong about this really important thing in my life, what else was I wrong about? And it got me down this, uh, this place of questioning all the concepts that I had. And then I came to one question, which was, who am I beyond concept? When I was a little kid, I really always had trouble with food intolerances. I realized that there was a lot to be said for the way you eat. You come to the same place that I came to, and it's a place of complete freedom. Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.